Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Well, welcome to church. Just so excited uh, to share some words of encouragement with you. Just before we begin, I'd love to pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the, uh, the truth that you have in the scriptures that we read. We, we choose to anchor ourselves right now to what you're saying. We open up our hearts in faith and we ask that by your grace we would receive something that bears fruit for today and to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, years and years ago, my first, one of my first dates with my wife, we went out, uh, for, went out for sushi, okay? So I was a small town, meat and potatoes kind of guy growing up and hadn't really experienced very much uh, difference in my, to my palate. So I had no idea what I was getting into. It sounds kind of funny now that I look back at it. We live in, in uh, multicultural cities, even in Vancouver and Toronto, so many different, uh, different types of food from everywhere in the world. This is my first experience with sushi. And I, I don't remember what I got. I probably got something very um, bland like a teriyaki roll or a California roll. But I will say that um, as we just sat down to eat, Brandy said, hey, I dare you to eat, to eat that whole thing. Uh, that whole thing was uh, a, a piece of wasabi. And I didn't know at the time what it was. So she, now, she, to be fair, she was not trying to actually trick me. She thought it was avocado. So we were kind of the blind leading the blind at that point. And I, I reached out, said, yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, one of our first dates, I wanted, it was a pretty big deal to impress, right? So I grabbed it, popped it in my mouth, not expecting at all how, how hot it would feel to my tongue. And I thought, well, this is going to be awful, but I can't back down now. So I, I continued to, uh, I popped the whole thing in, about the size of a probably about the size of a peanut. <laughs> and not very big when I look at it now, but at that moment I was so shocked by the spice and it was pasting to the roof of my mouth and I couldn't swallow it fast enough uh, while remaining some kind of cool composure. And I grabbed my water and tried to just rid my, the inside of my mouth of this and finished. And instantly I started to feel this burn in my stomach. It was this hot, ball of fire that I was just, of course, not expecting. Um, and I said at that point, I think I'm done. I think I'm, I think I'm finished. And I have a big appetite and I love spicy food and have continued to grow, but it was just so unexpected. And I got this burn and I, man, I felt that burn all night. Um, I want to talk to you today about feel the burn. Feel the burn. Now, there are different types of burn that you can experience. There is, uh, maybe you're an entrepreneur and you've, and you've often used that phrase, we're burning the midnight oil, right? It's that, it's that tough grind. It's going when everyone else has stopped, but you're just, you're going in. There's something that's great about the, the burn. Then maybe you're working out. Um, Pastor Kobe and I were talking one time and he told me that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger used to start counting his reps when he started to feel the burn. He, he didn't limit himself to a number until I start feeling that. Now is when I start counting. Something interesting and so, sort of 
almost addictive about that burn, which uh, I think it is, it is put inside us as humans to, to desire to live. It's this passion. It's this, this kind of your mojo. You know what I mean? It's just what keeps you going, what gets you up uh, in the morning, and what, uh, what keeps your conversations and your life full of fire. Maybe someone may describe it as fire in your belly. You just got to get that can get that fire in your belly. I used to play sports uh, quite a bit in high school, and there was this this phrase like you got to get got to get some fire in your belly, right? It's like you got to really want it. Uh, today in scripture, I want to talk to you uh, from a passage in Luke, Luke twenty four, thirteen to thirty five, where there was some some of the disciples had. They had lost that burn. They had lost the, that kind of fire in their belly. I want to show you how, uh, how they got it back, and hopefully we can relate this to our own lives as well. So if you turn with me, Luke 24, Luke 24, 35, and a little bit of background here. So Jesus has just, um, he's just been crucified. He has risen again. And uh, he has started to reveal himself to a few people, okay? So it's very, very early stages. And we, we pick up this story after the resurrection on the road to Emmaus. It's a famous passage. Maybe you've heard of it. The road to Emmaus. There were two, uh, two disciples traveling from Jerusalem to a nearby city called Emmaus. It was about 11 kilometers away. Um, and so a day's, a day's journey, a couple, a couple hours walk. And they were discussing uh, some of the things that, that had gone down on the weekend. And man, the roller coaster of emotions, if you were a follower of Christ, to experience the week prior to him, this triumphal entry, him coming into the city, people saying, Hosanna, the, the King of Kings, and proclaiming, and all of a sudden, what they had hoped for was gone. All of a sudden, before their eyes, they were shocked at his crucifixion. They had lost the fire in their belly. They weren't feeling the burn. They were just feeling the sting. They were feeling the hurt and the disappointment and what they thought was going to be so good and exciting. This new kingdom uh, ushered in to free them from the, the, the power of the Roman government. And they would, all the prophets, all the things that they had heard uh, all through their upbringing as, a, as the Jewish people, they had been disappointed. They lost the fire. Maybe you're feeling right now that you've lost that fire. Maybe there's something in you that feels disconnected from your relationship with God, this, from uh, what, you, what you believed would happen. Maybe you've been disappointed. Maybe there has been uh, hurt come towards you. Maybe in this year and a half of upheaval that we've experienced in the world that has caused you to second guess everything that you were believing to be true. That's kind of where these apostles, these disciples were at. They were all of a sudden, when upheaval happened, they were second-guessing all of what they knew to be true, what they had been taught. They kind of left disoriented. So right here it says, I'm going to read this to you. Starting from verse 13, he says, Now that same day, on Sunday, when Jesus has been resurrected, on that same day, two of them were... Uh, we're going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. 
but they were kept from recognizing him. I think that's so fascinating. Can you imagine? They're walking, and all of a sudden, Jesus, I, I don't know where he was. I don't know if he was behind, and he's just like speed walking to catch up, or if he just appeared, or if he was like waiting behind a rock for the, I don't know. He just sort of came alongside them, merged in, and, and, started, and started walking with them. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? And do you not know the things that have happened there in these days? He's saying, like, where have you been? You must be new here. Because our whole world just got turned upside down. Like, where have you been? So he says, don't you know the things that have happened? And Jesus, <laughs> Jesus answers, what things? Isn't that so funny? He's, uh, I think on the surface, it's hilarious because obviously Jesus is omniscient. He knows everything. But isn't it interesting how he actually meets them where they're at? Physically, he came and met them where they were at. And even intellectually, what are you talking about? It's like he kind of stoops down to their level, not being degrading, but he gives them a chance to talk. Kind of the same way Jesus does with us every day. Food for thought. So he says, what things? And they say about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They, they went to the tomb early in the morning, but didn't find him. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels. And then we skip down a little bit further to verse 25. It says, he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses is what Jesus did. Beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them everything in the scriptures concerning him. Now, scholars say that there are hundreds of prophecies about Jesus that have been made from through the prophets, through Moses, through David and the Psalms. Things that had been spoken uh, about the Messiah, the coming one. Hundreds of prophecies. Jesus fulfilled um, dozens of prophecies, even where he was born and how he was born and when he was born. Isn't it incredible? He's, so there are all these things. So he's, he's giving them his resume. He's saying like, and Luke's perspective in the, in the gospels, in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Luke really has one of his major themes is the suffering servant. He talks about Jesus needing to suffer in order to be the Messiah that had been, that had been promised. And as they approached the village. So getting back into your verse 28, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted, acted as if he were going further. <laughs> he just kind of, well, guys, I'm going to keep going. It was evening. Isn't that funny? So he's, he's walking a little bit further, but they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went with, in with them to stay. Then when he was at the table with them, check this out, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they, were rec and they recognized him. And then it says, and he disappeared from their sight. <laughs> he just like, imagine that. I imagine him giving thanks to God, to the Father, breaking the bread, handing it, and 
in my mind, I almost think, I'm like, I, ima I imagine he smiled, or maybe he even winked. That's the way I think of it. He kind of like, do you get it? Do you get it? There it is. You got it. And then poof. And then he's gone. He just disappears. And then he says, uh, then in verse 32, it says, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They were found, there they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true, the Lord has risen and he has appeared to Simon. And with passion, they're excited and they come and they share. This is what we've, this is what we've seen. This is, uh, this is what uh, we have heard and it is true. They found their fire again. This spark was actualized within them and they realized what we had believed was true. I want to, I want to, Break this down into a few pieces and just uh, say, maybe, maybe you've lost your fire. Maybe there's that burn, that desire, that, uh, that will to see Jesus move. Maybe, maybe you've lost a little bit of your heart and your sense of, are the scriptures really true? Can this really help me? In this, are they practical anymore? Maybe you felt like, uh, yes, I, I know Jesus, but I just, I, I don't feel anything. I think there's some ways to, to reignite that fire within us. And I think it's so important. I want to tell you, how can we do this? So first thing that I, first um, observation I make in here was that they were reminded of God's power. The disciples were reminded of God's power. Our value is not based on our own greatness. It's just not. We have all fallen short of God's glory. Uh, our value is truly based on God meeting us in grace and in mercy, reaching down, stooping, coming to our level, coming alongside us wherever we're at in our journey and reminding us that, hey, you're here. I have always been and I will always be and I have more than enough for what you need. I am all sufficient and this is why in God. He, he reveals so much depth and truth in the scripture. And this, this, this book, Paul says, it's all inspired by God. It is all useful. Maybe you're feeling like you've lost some fire. One of the most practical things you can do is to be reminded of God's power. And that's in the scriptures. He, the, the spiritual leaders of, the, of Jesus' time, after seeing miracle after miracle, they, they said, hey, show us a, show us a sign. Show us, show us a sign that you're really who you say you are. And Jesus had continued to show them over and over again, and he kind of got fed up with them asking, and they were just so unbelieving. I, I want to encourage you and exhort you to, to not be like the spiritual leaders that were just asking for, God, give us something more. Give us proof. Prove it. He has already done so much, and he's wrote, he wrote about it. He told us about it. So dive into the scripture. We, we must. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. So this is Solomon writing, uh, the wisest man to have ever lived. And he says, everything at the conclusion of his, of his book, he's, everything humanly possible is meaningless. It's essentially what it boils down to. He says, anything you try to do on your own strength, whether it's, uh, whether it's enjoyable, whether it's industrious, whether it is uh, for yourself, for others, suffering, joy, it's all meaningless by itself. And he says this in verse 13. Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. 
When we acknowledge God's greatness, that turns all of our small day-to-day tasks, our relationships, our achievements, our failures, our flaws, it, it can bring some purpose out of all of that. But we need to acknowledge his power and his greatness first. There's meaning that can come from everything. And reminding, but reminding ourselves that God is at the center, that's where we need to start by reigniting that fire. So that would be the first step I'd say. If you're feeling like you have no more burn, that, that, uh, that fire in your belly, you're not feeling the burn, I'd ask you have, you, have you dug into scripture recently? Have you prayerfully asked him to open up your eyes, your spiritual eyes, to see what he had to say? The disciples had lost hope, but when they looked back, they recognized that that fire started to ignite as he opened up the scripture. The word is beautiful. It is powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It, it works to convict our hearts and brings life got to get into the word, people. We have to. Second uh, observation I make is that they, were, they weren't only reminded of God's power, but then they responded to his presence. They responded to his presence. They not only acknowledged him and allowed them to speak into, his, into their lives, but when they got to their destination, they took some time. They took a moment and they said, hey, why, why, don't, you, why don't you join us? Now, that was so natural and it was really it was the custom you wouldn't allow if you were traveling with someone you just you wouldn't say okay see you later as you go off into the night it was dangerous that you don't send somebody off alone you show hospitality that was a big that's a big part of of the culture so i say that to say it is nothing extraordinary that they did but they did just respond they responded and i i love that the the knee-jerk reaction the impulse uh, of hearing God's word should be to take time, should be to respond to his presence and allow him to speak. If you, if you have uh, something very valuable, like we would, like we would say, and even in, in, our last, in our last series talking about truth, we, 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 uh, Pastor Justin talked about handle with care. Like the word is, it's true. And we, we are to handle it with care. It is valuable. If we have something valuable, we give it some weight in our lives. We give it uh, some ability to speak. And, and these disciples, they just allowed Jesus some time. Not only allowed him to come in, they, uh, they allowed him to like pray for and bless the food. They gave him some time. Maybe if you're feeling like you have lost that sense of urgency, maybe you've been reading, uh, I, I want to encourage you, have you given him some time? Have, you, have, we, have we allowed Jesus to not only say the words and get through our morning devotions or our inspirational thought, or have we, have we maybe just watched church online and just not really digested it, given the Spirit some chance to, uh, to kind of allow the words to marinate in our spirit and, uh, and allow the, the bad things that are going on to be kind of cut out and cleaned out have we allowed him to do that? In, in my family, we have a, a natural response that if somebody says sorry, you say, I forgive you. That is the, the natural response, and there isn't really another appropriate response. If somebody acknowledges that they're wrong, they ask for forgiveness, you just forgive. It's not a fine or it's, an, it's okay or uh, whatever. It's not, none of that. It is, I forgive you. That is the natural response. And in the same way, when Jesus spoke, the natural response was just to let him in. 
we need to make we need to make praise and prayer our first response to God. And that is one way that we can allow the fire to start rekindling in our hearts. Not only are we seeing the good truth, but we are allowing him some some time. Imagine a conversation where one person is doing all the talking. It's not really a conversation. It's just a monologue. Dialogue happens when one person speaks, you hear, you thoughtfully respond, I speak back, we go back and forth. That's that's just it's very natural. I think sometimes we complicate our relationship with God to say how if I if I really want to get my way out of this, if I really want to feel true intimacy, then I just, I need to have these steps that I go all the way through. Then God will hear my prayers. When I look at scripture, God never asks us to do things that are complicated. And that's, that I can't find a spot in Jesus' words when he meets somebody on the road who's asking for help, where he asks them to do something that has a whole bunch of steps and is like a, figure out the algorithm to my, to my, my, uh, my blessing or to my forgiveness or for your, uh, for eternal life. No, it's ask, seek, knock. I'll answer. Come to me, pray to me. I'll listen. Uh, offer requests. I'll give you peace. It's so like you do this and, I, and I'm here because God is so consistent. He's waiting and responding. He's ready to respond. So give him some time. Give, it takes a little time, some time. Remember that old song? <laughs> That's what I thought of when I was looking at this. They gave him some time. Give a little bit of time to Jesus, and you may just be amazed. I would, with faith, say you will be amazed at the things that he will speak to you, the fire that starts to, to kindle inside you. The more he opens up the scriptures and understanding to you, give him some time. Uh, Romans. Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 17. It says this. Romans 10, 17. It says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So, take some time. Look into the word. Allow that uh, our prayers and our offerings to Jesus be out of faith, not just out of feelings. So we've seen already that he had that they responded to God's power, that they are that they were reminded of God's power. Rather, they responded to God's presence. And lastly, what I see in this passage is that they they retold they retold the story with passion. Instantly, it was already evening. Remember, and normally you wouldn't travel, so it's already evening. They had walked for presumably a couple of hours, and they immediately got up and booked it back to Jerusalem. So went right back to where they came. They weren't actually, it doesn't, I don't see it indicated that they were like, where did he go? We got to find him. No, they, they had seen all they needed to see and they were now going to tell. Uh, Jesus, so often, isn't it amazing? He, uh, our hearts, when we open up to the scripture, allow our hearts to burn and to kindle with, with that fire. Uh, it's just a natural response to go and tell. Jesus kind of calls us to come and see and now go and tell. It's this Come draw near to him. And now we have something great to, great to share. Just like he, uh, he commissioned the, the disciples in Matthew to go into all the world and to preach the good news and to baptize. And Jesus says he'll be with, with everybody. When I, um, when I think of the different road trips that I've been on, I think of uh, 
photo albums. I brought a little photo album with me today. This is an old photo album from when I was a kid. I still love Mickey, not gonna lie, but this was when I was younger. And I can look through some of these old photos and man, it reminds me of, of trips my family has been on, of camps we went to. I can, I, I look at a, like I look at a picture of us at a campfire and I could tell you uh, exactly uh, what we ate that day and the smell of it. And I love being able to retell funny stories. Um, I think it's important that as I, as I look into this, it, it not only is, is like an observation of something that happened to somebody, but I actually kind of relive that excitement and that moment. And it makes me want to have more memories. It makes me want to share those memories. I look at pictures of, of me and my, and my brother and I want to say, hey, remember this picture? Remember when we, when, when we did this? Like, for example, we, built, we, made a, we made bacon and eggs in a paper bag over a fire. Maybe you didn't know you can do that. You actually can. We have a picture to prove it. And I could, I want to talk about it and say, oh yeah, it was, it, this was good. This was so fun. This was interesting. And when we retell with passion the things that God does in us, there is this, uh, it's this kind of cycle, this perpetuating, this forward move, uh, propelling motion of of that fire that stirs up within us. We were reminded of the scriptures. We, we gave him time. And now we, if we retell, that's a great way to build that fire up again within us. So just in closing, uh, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that um, maybe, maybe you're somebody who has never experienced any kind of a, a personal connection with Jesus. Uh, I don't want to take any longer, and I want to invite you that this could be, uh, this is your moment. This is the best decision you could possibly make, and not only, um, like, the, like the writer in Ecclesiastes, how he says, everything on our own is meaningless. We maybe feel like we're doing pretty good for ourselves, or we may be feeling like we are uh, all alone, and there should be hope in coming to that place, acknowledging that no matter where we are, it's, we're, we're alone. We're empty without the work of our creator, without acknowledging how he came to save us. Uh, words have been spoken about him thousands of years before he came, and we're still talking about him because he changes lives. So if you are, if that's you today, I want to pray with you right now. And you can just, you can repeat a prayer even in your own home or uh, wherever you're at watching this. Maybe you're in a house party. Maybe someone has invited you or sent you this link to watch. Or maybe you've just sort of come across our church right now. I want to just pray with you. So you can follow me in prayer something like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for meeting me where I'm at. Thank you for offering me meaning in life. Thank you for forgiving my sins. I accept you. Lead me. Amen. It's as simple as that. And maybe you are here today and you're feeling like you've lost some of that fire, some of that burn. You, you forget what the burn feels like, that good uh, propelling energy that keeps you going, that keeps you wanting to talk about your faith. I want to pray with you right now as well that, uh, that you would have the courage and the humility to come to Jesus, acknowledge your need, and allow him to start rekindling that fire within you. The spirit is so ready and he's so willing. We just need to respond. So let me pray for you. Father, I ask right now that everyone who can hear the sound of my voice would, uh, would give you 
the attention right now. That we would be reminded that you are who you say you were, that you never change. Thank you that we have the ability to change. And I ask right now that you would help us to respond to your presence. That you'd reveal yourself just like you did uh, to those disciples on the road to Emmaus. When they got there, they broke bread and that aha moment, that minute that it all made sense, all their hopes were, were actualized. I pray right now that we would see you for who you are, the Savior of our souls, and the giver of life, not just in this life, but in the next. And we're really grateful. So I pray that you'd burn within us, kindle that fire to go and to tell and to see our worlds, our spheres of influence transformed by the good news and the hope that not only did you die for us, but you rose again and you bring purpose and you bring passion. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you so much. Thanks for joining us today in church and we'll see you next week. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.